Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up and is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the 100th Hour Heads Abroad podcast with myself, Brad Simcox, the Hour Heads Abroad Supremo, Tom Childs, and backing us up at safety is Dave Barnett. How are you doing, boys? 100 shows. Woo! Yay! We're all happy. It's mad, isn't it? Crazy, isn't it? 100 <laughs> shows. Let, let's average this out. So, we probably take about two hours to record every single podcast by the time that Dave gets here. We've sorted out. You've rewritten your intro, what, three or four times? <laughs> So I'm the rest. Giving away the secrets, Tom. So over the last what two and a half years, plus all the re-records we've had to do as well. So what over the last two and a half years, I've probably had more conversations and spent more time talking to you two than anyone else other than my girlfriend. Oh, that's so sweet. That's a bit sad, that mate. Yeah, I think it's more sad than sweet, Dave. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think by default, you two might have actually become my best friends. Oh. And I just, I've only just realised it when I looked at the numbers today and saw the amount of play playtime that we've had in this podcast. Did you shudder when you realised? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the fact that I am now best friends with two Northerners, it kind of thinks not exactly where I thought my life was gonna go ten yeah. years ago. I'm not going to lie. You're not looking at Mrs. Tom going, can you not just talk Chiefs with me, please? <laughs> yeah. Please. Do you, do you want to be on the podcast so I can get rid of the other two? <laughs> I'm just basically waiting for my son to become of age that he's old enough that he can sit there and talk Chiefs with me and talk, you know talk about X's and O's and then that's it. When and he was born, I with. thought, that's my replacement there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he was born, I was like, that's me out. <laughs> when I grow up, I want to be like my dad and sit in front of a camera and talk about American football. <laughs> Why not? Healthy. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a self-help group. That's the way I say it. <laughs> well, like Alcoholics Anonymous kind of thing. Helping exactly. each other out. Exactly. Same initials, at least, anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, right, anyway, we've got quite a bit to crack on with tonight. Um, the main really thing... strange for April the 18th, by the way. What? It's really strange to be middle of April and have lots to talk about. <laughs> no. Do you know what? It's been It's been dry, hasn't it? It has been. So Apart I'm, I'm from looking like forward free to agency and all that, it's just been so dry with news and stuff. It has been. It has um, been. I'm looking forward to this. Let's 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 go. Let's, let's go. go, man. Let's go. Um, so yeah, a uh, few few things to discuss. Uh, the 2019 NFL schedule is finally being released. So we've got together to give you our initial reaction to the key games in there, both good and bad. Basically, is that we're not going to go into it in massive detail. We're going to probably do that for another show, probably, but. NFL schedule as it is at the moment. Is there anything that leaps out of you there? Is there like a few games? Let's say three games that you you're probably looking forward to the most, or you're actually dreading the most. I'm looking forward to the opening three weeks of the season. I'm dreading the bit just after, or just before the bye. 
I'm not yeah. going to lie. Because I'm looking at the schedule and I'm thinking the Chiefs have a really, really good opportunity to continue their annual tradition of starting the season hotter than any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. But when it gets towards weeks, uh, week 8, weeks 9, week 10, when you've got the Vikings, the Titans and the Chargers, I just look at those three games and look at particularly tricky games. And if the Chiefs manage to come through those three games um, with an, a 9-1 and or a 10-0 and record, then they are going to be so set up for the rest of the year that it doesn't really matter what they do the other side of the bye. So although I think it, it, the season starts relatively easy I think from the middle to the end it then starts to become a little bit harder so in general I'm delighted with the schedule but I'm I'm anxious about what what happens around the bye week yeah what about you Dave you, you agree with that or you got uh, I, I th- it's more the back few weeks there's a couple of games in December we've got the Patriots and the Bears yeah. both in December um and that Patriots game could be huge because obviously you can have a write off the Patriots, and uh, you would think they'll be there or thereabouts pushing for one of the buys in the AFC again. So that could have huge playoff implications come December. Especially you know, for the that, weather, yeah. yeah, well, for the head head to head as well, going for playoff seeding, and then obviously the Bears. You've got you know the the Reed Nagy connection, you know fantastic offense against fantastic defense um that's potentially a, a really tricky matchup and on prime time as well so uh yeah those two that that little pair of games uh yeah in december looks looks like it could be tricky how surprised were you two when it come out that the patriots versus chiefs game wasn't going to be prime time and that now it's pretty much a lock that cbs are going to lock that game up for 925 like. well, i say it's i'm actually kind of glad because that means you get tony romo so yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's like honestly i'll take tony romo calling that game i love mm-hmm. love the guy on in the booth so yeah, I'm honestly, it's better for me as well because it means I don't have to stay up stupidly late either. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I say, honestly, not that fussed. I think it's a great spot to be in. You're, you know, you're on CBS with Tony Romo and we don't have to stay up super late to watch either. It's going to get flexed, isn't it? No, it won't. No, no, there's no, no way that'll get flexed. Not right. out of the, that's just primetime CBS spot. That's no way that's getting flexed. So the way it works, the CBS and Fox, they both get five to five games a year that they can lock in yeah. that cannot be touched by a flex, and you already know that CBS have already locked that game oh, in. Oh, that's good then. There yeah. is no way that game is moving at all. That is happening on that. Unless the Patriots or the Chiefs bomb completely, that game is locked in at 9.25 in December. Not a chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of with you guys, really. The, the, the beginning of the season looks really favourable towards the end I mean the last what four or five games I think it is we're against AFC West rivals and we've got Patriots and all that in there it's it's just going to be it's going to be a nice build up isn't it mm-hmm. that's going to be the exciting thing about it there's going to be quite a few teams in this race um, I'm not sure about the Raiders <laughs> but um, the Chargers are in there I think they're are they our last game they are Chargers yeah. uh, so it, again it could be a deciding game who knows it could be. I, I like what the way we're starting the season. It takes us back to 2013 when we opened up the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. And um, I think we, we conceded a safety in the first quarter and then the Chiefs went on like a 28-point run or something like that and we ended up battering them. So I would like a repeat performance in week one. If the Chiefs can get off to a hot start and peel off 
three or four wins on the bounce going into the Indianapolis Colts game, which will obviously be huge because you've got the Chris Ballard, Justin Houston um, comebacks, and obviously you've got the revenge of the AFC divisional game. So there's going to be a few storylines around the first few weeks of the season. And um, But I do fancy the Chiefs to start off really, really hot like they do every single year. When they just take the league by storm and Andy Reid just bitches all over the rest the, the rest of the league yeah if there's one game that you could go to the only one that you could go to this season which one would it be Packers definitely Chiefs. the Packers uh, I'd go Chiefs Bears uh, game will be insane late in the season like what second to last week I think it is mm-hmm. um, you know both teams will be up there you would think in their respective conferences you got, you know, master versus pupil. It's got all the storylines you could possibly offense versus defense. Like that game's potentially gonna be insane. Yeah, for me, it's definitely the Packers because I'd love to see Mahomes um, like display that he is the most talented quarterback in the league over Aaron Rodgers, and ah, um, yeah. the Packers will still be in contention at that point the season because it's too early in yeah. so um, both teams should be playing relatively well going into it so yeah I'd love to see Mahomes uh, beat Aaron Rodgers in prime time in Arrowhead and yeah it just for me if I could pick any game and it's such a historic game as well uh, repeat Super Bowl 1 so yeah I'd pick Chiefs Packers if I could it's a fantastic time to watch Mahomes against all these top quarterbacks isn't it as well mm-hmm well, you say you like. say top quarterbacks. There isn't many on the schedule next year. If you go through the schedule, um, like you've got what Nick Foles, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford, then Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson, and then Joe Flacco, then Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Mariota, Philip Rivers, Derek Carr again, Brady, then Joe Flacco again, Trubisky. And Philip Rivers. So, in terms of quarterback talent, I don't think this schedule is nearly as loaded as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to be tougher outs, but in terms of quarterback versus quarterback, I, I take ours 16 games out of 16. Okay. So, way too early record predictions. I'm going 13 and 3. So am I. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I will. I'll. Go one game under that and go twelve and four. Really? But it'll be there or thereabouts. I would have yeah. thought. Do you know what the funny thing is with this? Right, if you had asked me a record prediction yesterday, I probably would have said eleven and five. But once you add a few dates to it and put it in an order, your perception of the whole schedule can change. Yeah. So from yes, in the space of a day, I've gone from eleven and five to thirteen and three purely because the Chiefs are a momentum team. And they're going to build so much up in weeks one to four that they're going to be unstoppable going into the and bye. They're going to have a half decent defense. Hopefully, <laughs> can't be any worse, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm touching wood right now. Oh, don't say that. He's also got his hand on the desk. Hey, that's <laughs> Yeah. Um, the with the schedule coming out, it means that we've also locked in some of our AA, our famous AA. Meetups, Arrowheads abroad. Yeah, not Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Well, it it, it kind of turns into that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, by the end of the night, <laughs> forgetting each other's names by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you got a list of them there, mate? Have you? I do. So week one versus the Jaguars or at the Jaguars. Um, we're not going to Jacksonville. We're going to London to watch Yay. watch it. Then week three uh, versus <laughs> versus the Ravens. Uh, repeat it last year. We're going to Manchester again. Which yeah, we're going to go see Dave. And then in week ten, the the Geordie Weekender 
Yeah. Um, if for anyone that come on last year's trip, it was incredible. Um, we spent a whole weekend in Newcastle, had a few too many, went to St. James's Park, had a few too many more, and then enjoyed the cheese beating the Jags. But this year it's the Titans, so that's week 10. Yeah. Then in week 13, we're going west for the first time. We're going to Bristol. Bristol. Um, the Chiefs have a huge support in the southwest because of the connection to well, to the Exeter Chiefs, who also use the Tomahawk Chop as a chant. So there's loads of Chiefs supporters down in that, that part of the country. So we're going to Bristol for the first time. Then in week 14, one week later, we're going back to London. Yeah. London town. Back to London for Chiefs Patriots. Um, seeing as it is a nine twenty five game, we just couldn't pass on this opportunity to go and watch Chiefs Patriots because we're so used to that being a prime time game, which could be a pain for everyone trying to get to and from a meet. So we've gone for the nine twenty five in London, week fourteen, just before Christmas. This is also likely to be an informal one after one of the London games. I would imagine potentially yeah. formal one. Yeah. yeah. De- 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 depending on which which game we end up going to, mm-hmm. but maybe week four or five, I would guess, right? Yeah, because we're all going to go and sit in the Spurs new stadium, and I'm going to be delighted about that. <laughs> You'll be urinating everywhere. You oh, don't get me wrong, right? I hate the club, but the stadium is incredible. It does look immense, mate. It looks, yeah, fantastic. It yeah. looks unreal, and the lighting that they got in there as well. That's just, not yeah, what I take from it, but yeah, the lighting's great. <laughs> Seriously, no, the lighting looks really good. Oh, cool. That's what, I got, that's what I got off the, off the, the videos anyway. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, well, swiftly moving on, we'll um, we'll give you a bit more information on the schedule and how we think each game's going to go uh, in another show, but we're going to move on to the draft briefly. Um, it's only next week's right around the recorder, lads. Yeah. Excited! Exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's we've no idea how the Chiefs are going to go with this on this draft at all. Um, some people are saying wide receiver, some people are saying safety, cornerback, all that kind of thing. But we thought we'd just give you a bit of an inclination about which position we think that the Chiefs should be addressing in probably the first, second rounds. Just to so, rephrase you a little bit, yeah, I the position that the Chiefs cannot afford to miss miss yeah. on this draft that's because the defense has holes in terms of depth but there are positions where if we roll with what we've got right now we probably be in trouble so there is a couple of positions that we all feel we need to hit next next weekend the strange thing is we differ slightly as well on each we do we do well as i've started talking i'll go first yeah you go for it and i i strongly feel that the chiefs need to address safety um because all the indications were there in the off-season. They signed Tyrion Matthew, but they weren't just happy with signing Tyrion Matthew. They aggressively chased Earl Thomas. So the Chiefs were willing to part with $26 million for one season just to have Earl Thomas and Tyrion Matthew. That tells me that they were either valued the position highly or as well as they aren't happy with what they have in position already. If you yeah. look outside of Matthew, they've got rid of Eric Murray. You have Daniel Sorensen still there. You have Armani Watts and you have Jordan Lucas. So the Chiefs are still one or two safety light. light. So I feel like the Chiefs want to bring in a guy to play alongside Matthew as the deep free safety that can roam and command the field, or two-thirds of the field. So that's what I feel like the Chiefs need to hit because if they have strong play on the back end and that makes everything easier up front. And there's a few guys that are available. The other day I took part in a mock draft for Gridiron Gentlemen. 
and I actually played the role as Chiefs GM. And um, when it comes to when it comes to my pick at twenty nine, I took a guy I know that you're in love with, Brad Nasir Adderley. Yes, out of Delaware. That's my GM. Yeah, he is just it seems to be all over the field. Great. And and I feel like if the Chiefs are in a position where he's available at twenty nine and there's no decent edge players left or edge players with a first round grade, mm. then I think probably Nasir Adderley will be their best bet if they're looking to strengthen the defensive backfield. Yeah, I think you I love Adley. I think he's he's he hits as well, which is surprising. Um he's he's not relatively big, but he's he's nimble, he know, he reads the game well, um and he hits. I, well, I, that's yeah, all I and, want from a guy. But yeah, and this is what I feel like the Chiefs are trying to send this message out that they want to be a hard hitting defence. Like mm. Tyrion Matthew, he wants to be a tone setter on this defence. And if you ask me, the Chiefs defence last year they were schematically very poor, but I also think they were very, very soft mm-hmm. in the tackle. And Nasir Adley doesn't come across as a guy that's going to be soft in a tackle. And if they can set the tone on the back end with Matthew and Adley with hard hits, then I think that will rub off on the rest of the defensive backfield. And we might see a really aggressive unit going into next season, which will obviously help like the front seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I might go next then because mine's a defensive player. Um, Mine, I, I honestly think that we, the most important position for us is the defensive end. I just don't think we have that standout guy in that position yet. We have already in safety and, and corner with obviously you know Breland and um, and Fuller, but we just don't have that standout guy in the in, on the edge at the minute. So we've got good value. Uh, we've got Okafor and what was the other one? Ogba is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we got Passigno and, and Speaks, but them they seem to be at the minute considered to be more value players. But I think my guy that I would pick, I think he's going to be probably around about late second round, is Charles Amenihu. I've never mentioned him before. Has, has Dave mentioned him before? Charles Amenihu. No, <laughs> it just seems like a really weird name, and it's, it seems as though um, you know that's the, that's the kind of player that Chiefs get lately. But um, he's he plays edge. He's also plays interior as well. He's not he's not quite he's not really nimble, but um, he's big, and that's exactly what Spagnolo likes in his players. But if he's not nimble, isn't that basically just a copy of what we've already got in the likes of Okafor and Ogba? Um, we well, touched on this last briefly last week, and speaks. Yeah, we touched on this last week that if the Chiefs are going edge, they're going to need a guy that's different from the free. An athletic edge, yeah. But you see, this is the, this is the thing where he differs because he's not like your typical edge. He can play interior as well, but he's he tracks the ball very well. So where you've got Passanio is very athletic. He, he always loses track of where the ball is or who's got the ball next, doesn't he? So I think that I kind of guy. I don't think I don't think Passing is on this roster next year. To be honest, you I, don't think? I, no, I don't think he is. Um, I just Second I don't think he should. Well, he has, and I just think he'll have to go down as a bust. It was a project. It was a John Dorsey vanity project that I just don't think worked worked yeah. out. And I, I'm I'm kind of bored of projects now on the mm. Chiefs. Like I get that all draft picks are really projects but I kind of want a known quantity I kind of want to draft a guy that we know what we're getting mm. and I don't feel like a 
a big edge that's a little bit nimble is exactly what we need going into day one and two of the draft. Yeah. So you you don't want that kind of guy on your team. <laughs> no, if, if I think if we were going to go edge, I would want someone. Okay, they're a bit out of our reach. I would want someone like Brian Burns or or Montez Sweat or something like that. Someone uh, a bit more renowned for being Bending. a true edge rusher. Mm. Obviously, the likes of Nick Bosa are completely and Josh Allen are completely out of the window because there's no there's no chance whatsoever of us getting them. No. But if the Chiefs are going to address edge, which I think they should. I think they should go for a guy that's going to be different from what we already have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shoot me down there, Tom. I'm sorry to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry to do it, but I just think the Chiefs have specific needs. Yeah. Screw you, Brad. Screw you, Brad. Yeah. I just think the Chiefs have specific needs going into, the draft, going into the draft. And and guys like that, I don't feel like are worth it for a first and or a second rounder when we have so many other holes to fill yeah even though yeah. he's a big guy yeah, yeah well I'm a big guy <laughs> he's yeah, a big guy yeah but I, I like I don't know how Dave feels about this because he knows more about the draft than us two put together so he might be able to come up with a guys that might have second or third round value that would be more fitting for the Chiefs but um, yeah I think if the Chiefs are going to spend them spend their draft capital on a guy like that they need to they need to get a player that can come in and play in year one yeah, I think that's a problem. We're in that sort of awkward spot um, where the best guys are going to be gone from round one by the time we pick at 29. So you're looking at probably guys more in the late second round, you would imagine, because I don't think they'll reach. At least I hope we won't reach and just take whoever's left at the end of the first round or the next best guy. Um, but you've probably got someone like maybe Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech who could be there well should be there at the end of the second round um, again, is, he, is he the guy that leads the NCAA in sacks all time or is that is that that guy um, I, I, know I know he had a lot but yeah. I know he plays at Louisiana Tech so it's not he, he has got <laughs> no. I mean, he's he's got something like forty career sacks, I think. Forty. Yeah. Um, in three in three seasons. Yeah, I've just got it here. But, a full NCAA leader in career sacks, forty-five sacks. Yeah. Um, I say Louisiana Tech. So you know, obviously the level of competition is slightly lower than if you're playing at a Power Five school, but still. A guy that knows how to get to the quarterback. Um, so could be of interest there at the end of the second round. I think Austin Bryant's another guy that I've heard thrown around. Again, more likely to be third round, you would think. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an awkward spot. Because I say, unless you trade up, I think a lot of the the guys you're looking at are going to be gone. So yeah, it, it, it is kind of an awkward spot. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm going to go the other side of the ball because, you know, can't always go defense. You know? <laughs> Give Mahomes a few more weapons. Does he need any more? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to go tight end. Um, I think it's about time that the Chiefs start to look at developing a guy behind Kelsey and, you know, a guy that can play with Kelsey for 
a few years at least um, and you know sort of create mismatches um, for the Chiefs especially with obviously losing Demetrius Harris this off season it's a big loss um, yeah and there's a guy um, Arrowhead Pride actually put a piece out about him I think in the last couple of days um, but a guy called uh, Kohole Waring um, from San Diego State and um, yeah he's uh, an athletic freak basically a tight end but like you know a kind of a, a not an out and out basketball guy but can play basketball you oh know. no that's not what we big, want a big vertical super athletic but you know um, still sort of learning the position a little bit but um, you know runs very good routes um, is a decent blocker considering he's not been playing, playing the position long and you think that would be somewhere that he would improve pretty quickly um, and yeah, I think it would just give the Chiefs opportunities to create mismatches. Um, you know, put a guy like him in line and, you know, split Kelsey out and say, you know, pick your poison kind of thing. And then you've got Watkins and Hill on the outside. Yeah, I think it'd be difficult for teams to, to match up with stuff like that. Um, so, so similar to when we had Anthony Fasano and Travis Kelsey together. You see, different because this guy's. I, you know, the kind of guy that can go up there and get jump balls. You know, okay. he's he's a super athletic guy. I think he, you know, at the um, a thirty nine inch vertical. I think he had, which for a guy that big is impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I think obviously Sternberg has been mentioned as well, but he's more of an out and out just receiver at tight end whereas I think this guy is probably slightly more rounded yeah yeah um still athletic but you know can is a willing blocker which I don't think Sternberger particularly is so he's is he my important question here because I don't know the guy um Mm. I just reading through some notes as you were talking then Mm -hmm. um is he more Travis Kelsey or is he more Demetrius Harris? I think he's probably somewhere in the middle of the two. Okay. Um, he's probably not as dangerous after the catch as Kelsey, but he would probably develop into a better blocker. Um, and probably a tiny bit more athletic than Kelsey. And, you know, that's not in terms of like being able to go up and get jump balls you know Kelsey's athletic in terms of after the catch and making guys miss but you don't really see him catch the super contested ones yeah. so it's not he's you know he's not a jump ball specialist or anything like that where yeah. I think this guy can probably go up and get those jump balls a little bit better um so yeah sort of somewhere in between I think the two which you know well, your descriptions, really a... your descriptions, Dave, are perfectly in line with what I'm reading in this the Athletics Draft Guide, and what they're saying is minimal yard after catch threat, which is what you've just pointed out, which is where Travis Kelsey makes his money. And then the one thing I see here is just two words: eager blocker. And yeah. cool. I, I, I think the Chiefs do need that. I think they need a little bit 
yeah, uh, like I, I don't think we can go out and get a, a tight end that's purely a receiver. We need someone that's willing to block, especially in the schemes that Reed likes to run. Um, you know, that was the one thing you could say about Harris, even though he was his hands were suspect at the best of times. Like he was always a, a willing blocker. So, yeah, so I think we need to replace that a little bit as well. So, just a hypothetical here. So, with with mm. tight end position, um, we all know we need a second tight end. You've yeah. got the two guys from Iowa coming out that are both expected to be first rounders in Tim yeah. Hawkinson and Noah Fant. No fan. Yeah. Obviously, Hawkinson isn't going to fall. He's gone in the no. top, top 12. Fant's picks. probably gone by the time Oakland but, pick, I would have thought. In here's, late my in the first. here's my question, right? If Noah Fant is sitting there at 29, despite all the needs on the other side of the ball, <laughs> do you take him? I think so. I, I I think he's hard to pass up if he's there at the end of the first round. He is just crazy athletic. Like he is insane. Um just a freak. And um yeah, you know, he's he's a strong guy as well. He not not the best blocker, but I think he's somewhere he could develop in the NFL. He, he's you know, he's never uh, you know I don't think he would just only ever turn out to be a receiver. I think he mm-hmm. could develop into a solid blocker. Never anything special, but solid, which is all you really need at the tight end position now. Um, so, yeah, if he's sitting there at 29 and, say, the pass rushes are off the board like we expect them to be, you know, the the two or three guys you might have pinned at DB positions have gone and he falls, I wouldn't be against it. Um, as I say, it's it's impossible to say because you, you you really you can't judge anything like that until you see how the you know the board falls a little bit, and we don't know how Veach is obviously you know who Huey's got where mm-hmm. on, on his draft board. So you know if there's a guy at a different position that's fallen and you know you think is better value there, then maybe. But yeah, I think if he is there at twenty nine. I think you, there would be some serious discussions to be had. I think we're all in agreement that day one or two, we are picking a tight end. We've got four picks in the top 100. Yeah. And if, if I had to put money on it right now, we are going to go for a cornerback, a safety, an edge, and a tight end in whatever order. Because I feel like they are the four positions of need going into the draft. You can talk about wide receiver and maybe if a guy falls a wide receiver that we need to, that we identify as value then maybe they might go there but for me mm-hmm. the four positions going into the draft as the most needy will be those four. Yeah. So you don't you don't think they'll pick up a running back and fourth. No, maybe later, 6th or 7th possibly. Yeah, I think they'll probably bring a guy in. Um even an undrafted free agent if you know this is a guy that they like that goes undrafted. Um I don't think they're necessarily, you know, honed in on, on drafting a running back, but I, I certainly think they'll at least bring another another guy in at, at some point and hope to find the next Philip Lindsay potentially. But I I I I personally would be happy if you told me right now they were rolling into the season with the two Williams and Carlos Hyde. I'm completely yeah, okay. with Yeah, I'm perfectly okay with that as well. Um, I like Darrell Williams. I think he's a as a. a, a Decent option. Um, I think Hyde's super underrated. Um, and obviously, the way Damian Williams played at the end of last year, it's obviously 
you just hope he can continue to produce at that level. Because um, obviously it's again, not. It? It? Yeah, but I'm just saying in terms of production wise, it was, wasn't something he was able to consistently do in Miami. So you're just hoping the consistency can stick. Now he's in, he's in Kansas City. If he stays consistent, then I say I think it's less of a, a worry. Um, I, th- I th- you know I think you're probably looking at play you know spots like interior alignment. Uh, maybe even a, a tackle to uh, you know a late round tackle to sort of potentially develop as well in the later rounds if you know if this guy's there. So yeah, I think running backs probably low down on the priorities. Maybe look to pick a guy up though. I would yeah. say that running backs probably just above quarterback in terms of priority. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like Reed shown in, in his entire tenure in Kansas City, like. It works regardless. Like whether you know when Charles initially went down, and then Ware and West came in, and you know carried the load, and then obviously when Hunt went out, and you know Damian Williams came in, and Ware a little bit as well. It, I, I think it's shown continuously that while it's nice to have a guy like Kareem Hunt, don't get me wrong, I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, necessarily a necessity. Um, in Andy Reid offense, I think both Williams we've got are doing a job anyway. So yeah, I think you're right. I think they'll probably just leave it to later rounds. Okay, right. The uh, the other big news that was in there, um, it's actually Seahawks news. <laughs> it is. Russell Wilson got paid massive amount of money. Um, Announced it after he finished deal. having sex with Sierra. Did you see? Yeah, that? exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he gets 140 million pound deal, yeah. million dollar deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, that that's over four years with uh, sixty-five million dollars of it guaranteed. Which that in turn got us thinking, didn't it? I thought it was more than that, wasn't it? Was it more than that? I thought it was more than that guaranteed. Yeah, I thought it was more than that guaranteed. I might be wrong, but I could have sworn there was more than that guaranteed. Oh, well. I mean, maybe I've got the sixes and eights mixed up. <laughs> anyway, um, it got us thinking actually because. What in the hell is Mahomes going to be worth when his contract is due for renewal? And when do the Chiefs tie him into it? Because it's got to be soon, hasn't it? I think, obviously, normally you would not want to address this so early. You'd want to wait until the end of the fourth season and then have the fifth-year option to play with, which even though that's risky, and then offer the contract there. But... From all accounts, it sounds like the Chiefs are going to be paying Mahomes early, and it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because there's a new CBA coming, and no one knows what's going to happen with the salary cap after the new CBA. Um, it is expected to jump up significantly because the new TV deals are going to come in, and the players are going to want more money as a union. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs would be right in paying Mahomes early because after the new CBA, it in percentage-wise, it might turn out to be a lot less than yeah. what other quarterbacks will get paid after that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Brad, yeah, it was $65 million signing bonus, $107 million in guarantees. Wow. That's so, even bigger than I thought. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it's the highest signing bonus in NFL history. Ouch. And, um, yeah, I say, a lot of guarantees there as well. Um yeah, Mahomes is going to get the first two hundred million dollar contract, probably. Really? If, yeah, definitely. Um, will, will he want it though? Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, he he, he's want he, he's he's embrace. He's yeah, but the thing is, he's like he's not at that point where he's going to be Tom Brady and start taking discounts. 
yet, at least anyway. Uh, he's going to want to get paid. His first big contract, he's going to want to get paid. And fair, fair play. I'll never, you know, never give any NFL player crap for that. Um, because they, you know, they put in a, a lot of hard work to get where they're at. And they only want their fair slice of the pie. And, you know, the owners, you know, try and screw them out of money as much as they possibly can as it is. So I, I've got no issues with uh, with players getting what they, they've they earned and, yeah. you know, yeah. their, their value. And I know it sounds daunting, Brad, but go back to what I just said a second ago about the CBA. When this comes in, the new CBA, the money could jump up a huge percentage. So you, although you're paying Mahomes early and you might be paying him a lot of money in today's CBA terms, when the new CBA comes in, he might go from owning 25% of the chief salary cap to 15%. But when new players or new callbacks want to get their new deal signed, they might have more percentage. So in the end, it might end up looking like a bargain. Like I genuinely think he is going to be signing a deal around the 40 million a year, five-year mark, similar to what Dave just said. Yeah. Well, exactly as Dave just said. No. Uh, well, Russell Wilson's $35 million a year. Yeah. That's that's how much he's, I think his new contract. I think Mahomes could have one of the first contracts tied to a percentage of the salary cap. Really? Yeah. I think that it was there was a lot of talk about it with Russell Wilson and I, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So take um, a lower thing but have a bigger percentage when the cap when the cap changes. Is that what you say? Well, yeah, basically with the way the way the cap's going up recently right. it you know, like you see a lot now where a year or two down the line, a guy that got paid big time two years ago is now undervalued in terms of compared to what other guys are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Whereas, obviously, if you tie it to percentage of the cap, then you know you you keep you sort of you get paid to what you're worth, regardless of however much the cap goes up or doesn't go up. If you know what I mean. Um. So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. Um. But it's going to get done sooner rather than later, like barring a complete disaster this year, which I just don't see happening. This um, is the price to pay. At the end of the day, if you want the best player in the league, you've got to pay for him. And yeah. so I have, especially at the mo- the premium position as well. Yeah, I'm. I would more than happy pay Mahomes that money than someone else, as long as as long as we're still getting the level of play out of the guy, which I expect we will. I expect him to get better. Then I have no worries or no any no issues whatsoever with paying Mahomes what he deserves maybe it's my blind faith maybe I'm thinking that he's the guy that is all in on a ring and, I, and he I, doesn't want to jeopardise that I, I can see that happening but not yet at the end of the day Mahomes will probably end up signing four contracts during his career his rookie deal this contract then one when he's 30 and then another one when he's 34, 35. Mm-hmm. And so potentially, if he's already made $200 million plus all the endorsements money when he's 30, and say, for example, the Chiefs have only won one Super Bowl or haven't won a Super Bowl at all, then his his goal out the sport might change more towards a Super Bowl and not money where he might make that deal, similar to what Brady's done later in yeah. his career. But right now, he needs to get as much money as he can to set himself up for life. And I think long term, yeah, he's, his contracts probably will come down. But this first deal is his contract and he needs to get paid what he's worth. Right. So quickly then, what do you think, what kind of money we're we talking here? 
I, I'm with Dave. I, I think he gets the first $200 million deal. First $200 million. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Five, five years, $200 million. Probably $135 million guaranteed. And the best thing about this is that although I love the player and I do think he's good, when Mahomes ends up signing a contract like this, it's going to cash trap teams like the Browns who are going to have to pay players like Baker Mayfield similar sort of money because that's what he's going to want mm-hmm. even though he's not as talented I see you I see your method in your madness there yeah, he will Jared say- Goff's going to be the interesting one because I think he's helped a lot by that coaching staff and that mm-hmm. system and it's going to be really interesting to see what sort of what sort of contract he gets my money is on that he values himself a lot higher than the Rams value him I also agree with that statement. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the other hand, I think Carson Wentz, who's played significantly less, will command a bigger contract than Goff. Yeah. But the problem is teams are not willing to give up. It's so difficult to find a QB mm-hmm. that teams don't really have much of a bargaining position when it comes to quarterbacks because you just can't run... It's Look at the the Seahawks with Wilson they just cannot afford to lose Russell Wilson mm-hmm. yeah. and it's you know even though you know Wilson is extremely good and I would rank him probably in the top five quarterbacks in the league yeah. but you know is he the best quarterback in the league probably not um, and it you know it's kind of like but can a team afford to let a franchise quarterback go? No, they can't no. afford. They can't. We've got to remember, as Chiefs fans, we got extremely lucky with the Alex Smith situation. We were in quarterback purgatory for years, and there happened to be a guy like Alex Smith become available. That never happens. Like Alex Smith is easily the best quarterback that's become available in the last five or six years, and he's happened to become available twice. That wouldn't happen again if the if the well cousins, but. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So two quarterbacks, but if the Seahawks were to trade Russell Wilson and maybe draft a guy, there's no guarantee with this guy whatsoever. So they absolutely made the right decision. The, the Wilson did have them by the balls, but rightly so because I agree with you. He is. I would go as far as to put him in top three quarterbacks in the league. Um, out of all the quarterbacks we faced last year, he was by far and away the best, and probably the best single performance I've ever seen. Out of out of against the Chiefs rather recently sorry <laughs> you got a top five of Mahomes Brady Rodgers Wilson and Breeze for me there's your top five put him in whatever order you want to put him in but there's my top five QBs in the league mm. okay Patrick if you're listening to this 15 million is all you need per year <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady's on that and look how he's doing uh, I mean, he's also making an awful <laughs> lot of money on the side. But <laughs> well, endorsement deals, that's, that's setting up. Uh, it's not just it. endorsement deals. Uh, he definitely gets paid some money on the side. <laughs> oh, other money. All oh, right, yeah. The brown envelope money, is that what you're saying? Um, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't, couldn't <laughs> possibly say that. But <laughs> Okay, right. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got time for, lads. Because I know Tom's wanting to get off and watch the Arsenal. He is. He, he is. Have you got ago. it on now? No, no, no. It's, in, it's on in the other room, so I'm, I'm sitting. Yeah, there. I can hear you getting further away from the mic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's it for our hundredth episode. Hope you've enjoyed Houses. it. 
those are our thoughts on the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Let us know your thoughts by heading over to the Arrowheads Abroad Facebook page and Twitter page, which is at KC Chiefs underscore UK. So from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.